Hi, and welcome to the Ex-Meal Recruitment Podcast, where we share career advice for service leavers and veterans. I'm Rosie Vilecce, and I'm the Head of Marketing here at Ex-Meal Recruitment. Although I didn't serve myself, I'm an original military brat. My dad served in the Navy for 40 years, and my brother is on year 26 and counting. Throughout this podcast, I will be your hostess. I will interview guests, chat with the x team, and facilitate conversations that help veterans like you to get the jobs they truly want. Here's today's episode. It's a new episode of the x Recruitment Podcast. As always, I'm Rosie and I am not alone. I have with me a new guest. So welcome, Ben. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Rosie. How are you? I'm doing great. Very happy to have this chat with you today. I think it's going to be quite interesting for a lot of people listening to us. But before we even get started and get to the bottom of it all, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Ben. So I'm Ben Jones-Newton, I'm 38, and I'm currently a project manager within the Boeing company, specifically into the subsidiary, which is Boeing Defence UK. I work within the Chinook programme. I manage the forward fleet maintenance. I also manage various other projects uh, around the Chinook portfolio. I'm from Cheltenham in in the Midlands. I was in the, the army for 12 years. I was then in the full-time reserve services as a RAF SEER instructor for about nearly 10 years, but kind of overlapped in the first two years. So total, I did 20 years in the military. I left in 2021. I did one year in the MOD, within the Chinook delivery team, uh, and now I've currently now been in Boeing for nine months so far and thoroughly enjoying it. Very good. What a story. I mean, a lot of years really 20 years serving that's a lot so what does it take to just leave all of that and our whole career and our whole identity after 20 years in the middle of the so, pandemic by the way as well yes so from the yeah from the moment you're joined in the military you are going to leave it's not like you can go and you know become a doctor where you will eventually retire 40 50 years later or you could join Boeing when you're 20 and retire 40 50 years later you join the military you're generally going to do your 22 24 years you might do 30 years uh, but you are going to leave before your actively proper retirement date um, so you, you're always you've got that consciously in your mind that your, your time is ticking away uh, and you need to always be, always be prepared for that um, as you're going through yeah and of course you said like you know in a way you're prepared for it and I know by talking to a lot of our guests and of course with the XML recruitment team there is a level of preparation, whether that's mentally, practically, psychologically, there is a level of preparation, but then there is always an element of, I don't know exactly what's going to be on the other side. Was that the case for you or were you completely like, yeah, I got a plan. I know exactly what I'm doing. That's it. Absolutely not. I, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a strategy. Uh, I was coming up to a 20 year, 20 year point. I had a young family. Uh, we were you know, quite deeply into the pandemic at that point. I think the biggest turn for me was I was uh, I was doing a south build, so I was building my own home, and I was project managing uh, that build. I could see you know, I could see what was happening within civilian street with project management, the construction industry, uh, and to be to be honest, I, I got quite tired of it in the military. I got quite tired of 
of you know, being away from my family, commuting that, doing that drive on a Monday, that drive back on a Friday. Uh, and I just wanted to, to leave the military at that point. So in my last couple of years, I was, I was starting to look at courses. I was starting to, to look at career fields outside. Um, project management was, you know, it was a big buzzword. It's still a big buzzword yeah. now. And it is a natural area. That, that military serving people will, will fall into. Um, so I just kept, you know, did a couple of courses, started sort of uh, linked in with people on, online, uh, engaging with, with a few people that were, I knew had left the military and gone into successfully into project management. And the more I was exposed, the more I started to understand project management, the more I wanted to quickly leave the military. Uh, and go into the project management world. You know, being it's a it's a vast industry covering all sectors of of you know, of, of every industry essentially. There's, you know, you've got to figure out which one you want to go into. And I had no plan to come into aviation. I had no plan to come into Boeing. I'm not from an aviation background. I'm from an infantry background. Um, so it was just something I just fell into um, for unbeknown reasons. I, I'm, I'm I'm here and then Boeing the, as a project manager in in, in quite a heavily um, aviation sector. Yeah, quite technical sector, of course. And we will talk about yes. that in a moment. But let me ask you, what was, I mean, clearly you say yourself, project management has been the flavor of the month, I think, for a while. Yes. Now it's yeah. definitely a buzzword. There's a lot of space, though, for veterans to move towards that type of role. So that's great. What was it for you specifically that made it an attractive career, an attractive role. What did you like about it, or what did you see as your own strength going into that? So, as I said, you know, I, I was doing my own self. So I was building my own home and project management. I had my toes dipped into every little segment, into every little corner of that house, and I didn't understand how bricklayers put the bricks on the ground. I didn't understand how the roofers cut the timber and put the slate on. But I had just little bits of snippets of information, and I, I love that whole control piece. I love to ha having knowledge in all deep, you know, the deepest, darkest depths of that house. And even today, you know, I know that house so intimately that I, I, I you know, built it, I watched it being built, and I built it in my head. And that's the same with project management. I, I don't know everything about finance, but I know snippets of it. I don't know everything about the commercial world, but I know snippets of it. Same with engineering same with all the other different functions that sit within Boeing I understand little bits of it and I can bring it all together so this this, this house gets built essentially uh, and, and that's what I think you know, the art of being a project manager is you, you're bringing everything together and that's what I really really enjoyed was just having a little bit of understanding not knowing everything to do with everything because it, it, it's impossible to know that uh, you know, without serious amounts of experience um, but just enough just so I can just bring everyone in at the right time to complete whatever I'm trying to achieve. And of course, you talked about the technical aspect of your industry. You say you you didn't plan for aviation. Clearly, Boeing is one of the probably biggest companies out there in that type of sector. But still, you know, you got into that, and that's where you're building your career now. Of course, again, you say yourself, you cannot know everything. But how was it for you to come into such a technical sector? Did you find yourself saying at one point okay well actually I do know a little bit of everything I don't need to go in depth but I still need to build some sort of technical knowledge at this point or was that something that you could easily bridge so 
from an aviation Boeing perspective, you know, some of the best project and program managers have probably come from the shop floor, the guys that have been engineers, guys that have been technicians. But for them, they don't have, they might lack the areas of leadership, they might lack the areas of management. Whereas I've, I, I was a manager and leader in the military, I have naturally have that skill set, I lack areas of technical skill. Certainly, you know, my first, you know, my year within in the, the MOD, for my first couple of months within meetings, and I am just a plan for anything to see. I didn't, I didn't, and it was just a really steep, really vicious learning curve to try and understand it. Yeah. And of course, again, you said, you were just saying, right, you had this, this leadership and management skills that you were carrying with you anyway, right? So it's not all about knowing everything, some things you will learn, some things you don't need to learn, eventually you can still build something. But also, and again, we do talk about this quite a lot, there are some skills that you carry with you from your military career, right? And now leadership management probably two of the most obvious ones. Mm -hmm. What were for you the other transferable skills that you felt, okay, actually I can leverage that into project management or were were the ones that were not so obvious as skills that eventually in time as your career in CV Street was growing, that you thought, oh, you know what, actually, I I never knew that that was going to come in handy. So skills that you have, the managing, managing people, uh, managing time, putting schedules together, understanding and working to a tight schedule. You know, at Boeing Company, we are the biggest aviation company in the world, and we have tight schedules, tight deadlines. Yeah. We need things done at this time. It's a dependency for the next stage, for the next evolution, the next part of the process. And it's holding people to account for those timings. You know, those the, Everyone in the military that, that, that progresses up the ranks, they have that ability to to speak to people at human level. They have that ability to pull people in, influence people, encourage people. They have those personal skills that takes a lot of time to develop when you're in the civilian sector. But within the military, you're thrust into it, you're pushed into it. Um, and if you want to progress in the military, you've got to develop those skill sets. And that's why people like Boeing, that's why a lot of defence agencies, defence companies and the other uh, industries aren't necessarily catered around defense they look to that veteran sector yeah. because they have that skill set that's been bred into them for that 5 10 15 20 or whatever it could be um, that the civilians don't necessarily have you know, within the military we have our, our leadership courses whether that be you know, your, your junior breckens your senior breckens all those command those command yeah. courses those, those those carders it's just natural parts of our career that we go through and you know, that's what civilian sector really want to get out of the, that, that military veteran community yeah and what well, that's quite lucky for a lot of veterans out there because again project management is quite of a of a hot spot right now and again i got nothing against it of course but it is a little bit of a conversation yeah, definitely yeah. that we have you know it, it is a buzzword and maybe there is also something to say in terms of because it is such a a buzzword right i think it seems at least that a lot of people are getting a little bit blind to what it really means or what are the the drawback of you know, what's the drawback of project management. So I think a lot of veterans, and again, this is not me, clearly you guys, you know, I do the marketing part, but uh, talking with the team, the consultants at Exmeal Recruitment, they get a lot of requests for project management, even for things that they are like well actually this just does not make sense for you you know to do it or you know from candidates that are not really 
meant, let's say, to be in project management for a reason or the other, in line also with their goals, in line with what they want to achieve with for their careers, et cetera, et cetera. So now that you've experienced it for a while, and clearly you said, you know, when you, you started to learn about it, you felt quite compelled towards it. But now that you've been in it for a while, would you say that there are some things in terms of project management that you'd say, you know what, actually, if you are that type of person, do not do project man- project management. Or if that is your experience in the armed forces, you know, don't even get started on project management. Is there anything like that that you've noticed or that you would say to someone? Absolutely not. No, I, I don't think anyone in the military should pigeonhole themselves towards, you know, towards a specific, a specific sector, a specific industry, or a specific role. You know, just, just look, just go look wide. You know, uh, I, I think I have an example of you know, infantry. No kind of technical skills. Yeah. No kind of, of trade behind me, uh, and then to come into a quite a technical role within uh, within, within Boeing, and it, I kind of set a precedent on that. Uh, we've now got a um, got a young Royal Marine that's he's now joined the company. You know, we clearly we have a lot of aviation or experience in terms of the RAF and, and the Navy here in Boeing, uh, but we don't have a huge amount of non-aviation guys within from the Army and and, and other parts of the armed forces. That is changing. You know, they they recognise that this, these are the skill sets that we bring to the party. They can teach us what what we need to know about. Um, you know, the technical side. I don't. I, for me as a project manager, I don't need to understand the engineering of a Chinook helicopter. I need to understand who to go to if there's a problem. I need to understand where to look if there is an issue, if there is a problem. Uh, I need to understand you know, understand that schedule and understand who I can speak to, who I can escalate things to. Um, and that, that's all that all comes with, with time. You know, as I said, they can teach me stuff around the edge, around, around the platform and around uh, the, the commercial side, around the finance side. But it, it takes a lot of time and effort yeah. to, Get, bring somebody in who is a you know, ready-made um, manager, a ready-made leader in, in that in that business. You said you followed so, some. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Carry, carry on. You said it, you followed some courses. I think in the beginning, as you were leaving, right? Yes. Are there specific courses that you found helped you in your career more than others? Or again, what would be your tips for somebody that wants to get into project management, but they're a little bit of a loss? And clearly, I mean, there are so many courses and methodologies and God knows what out there. So what would you advise? So that's a great question. And it's a really hot topic as well. And I do see a lot of this around LinkedIn. You know, what do people want to do? Do they want to do Prince 2 versus APM, PM? Uh, PMQ and all, all these other courses and do you want to do Scrum versus Agile and all the rest of it. Uh, my my experience is people do want to see that you've got some sort of formal training, whether that is Prince 2, APM, PMQ, et cetera, et cetera. For somebody who's in the military now, for them to do APM, PMQ would be quite a big stretch. So that's the, the project management qualification. That's quite a big course. I would personally want to see that someone's got two two or three years experience before they go and attempt that course but there is a predecessor to that course you can do the project fundamentals it's a couple of hundred pounds it's two to three days and i've seen guys do that course and then go into um defense within the mod go into a consultancy that is working within defense you know they've done spent three or four hundred pounds and now they're working uh, you know 50 60 70 pound jobs because they've done a small qualification so 
I personally, I, I, I did Prince 2. I did Prince 2 during the pandemic. Um, and for me, being in the classroom, I really did struggle. Being virtually, uh, that academic side of me is, is not great. So I did go to university. I've got no uh, real GCSEs yeah. to speak. Well, it gets also like tougher with age, honestly. I mean, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, one thing comes in, something else is getting pushed out the other side. But personally, if, you go, if you're looking at APM or your PM or your PMQ, Either or is going to, it's not going to really it's not going to really matter. But but to do your PMQ, I would say is probably a little bit harder than your Prince Two. I managed to pass my Prince Two, therefore I think the precedent has been set that it's not a particularly challenging course to do. If you're going to go down the PMQ court, first of all, I would look at the predecessor being the project fundamentals rather than APM PMQ. That would be my personal um, personal not advice, but that, that that's what I would I would just say to people that's what you want to look at because if you're going to go do the APM PMQ course it takes you a couple of months to get your results back and I've seen a significant amount of failures within that space I see a lot of people pass it as well um, but I've seen have seen a lot of people fail it um, as, as they're going forward so I, I'd look at it as a Prince 2 is a good nice to have not too challenging there are a lot of challenges around it but I'd then probably if you do struggle with that one look at your project fundamentals first Good. We'll make sure to make a note of all of this in the show notes for the episode so that people can go and check it out and be very familiar. I mean, all these acronyms anyway make my head spin. So <laughs> if you're feeling the same and you're same, listening absolutely. to this, yeah. we'll just make sure to link it somewhere <laughs> in the notes so you can keep up with all of this. I think I, I, I think as well, you're joining the association of project managers. It shows that you're aligned to the best practices. It shows you're aligned to... The, the continuous improvement events that they they publish. They're also there's mentors within it, so they're not you know they're not industry specific. They're not they're not tied to an organisation. They yeah. are they are the the association of project managers, and they can help and guide you. You pay ten pounds a month. You get you know some post nominals that, that come with it, and it just shows that your alignment to that particular organisation, which is recognised around the world, and they will talk you through what they think is probably best for you as well. Of course, they're going to push you towards their their project fundamentals Oops. course, but they will explain you know some of that process to you. Jumping in, you'll be going right into the deep end if you go into your, your PMQ course, your project project manager's qualification. If that was your first step into into world of being a PM, and you're probably going to if you do fail it, probably going to set you back, and you're probably going to have that mindset that you know that you're not geared up to be a project manager. But when really you've just actually gone and done a, a pretty challenging course that uh, you know quite a huge quite a lot of percentage of people would fail naturally without any program and project experience anyway all right well that's that's a lot of information and a lot of value you guys so this is i, I don't think we've ever gone into so much detail so i'm really loving this ben thank you so much for for sharing all of that um let's take a step back and this is actually a question that i do like to ask a little bit to you know to everybody that comes on the show or in a way or the other we always talk about it but what was for you the worst thing about your transition and the best thing about your transition that can be on a practical level or personal level mental level like anything but yeah the worst and the best so i think part of the worst probably one of the most trickiest parts of leaving was you know, I met my wife when I was in the army. We, we've we've got three children together, and we were so used to Monday to Friday. I'd be away. I'd go away you know, for extended period for a couple of weeks or a couple of months at a time. Yeah. Um, and at the most, we'd be at home for two to three weeks at a time. She was a teacher, so she'd have three weeks off in the summer or six weeks off in the summer. I would have three weeks, and that would probably be the the longest period that we've actually been together. So taking myself out of that military environment, placing myself into a civilian environment and being home 24-7, seven days a week 
was a real challenge. Certainly, yeah. COVID helped us get to that point a little bit. Um, but yeah, once you leave the military and you're fully immersed as a civilian, being a married individual, it was it was quite a challenge. Um, certainly, we had a yeah. bit of a rocky patch those first couple of couple of weeks, couple of months, as she was getting used to having a messy husband at home, and I was getting used to being told to go and put my shoes back in the correct place and all the rest of it. Whereas living in the mesh during the week. Do, do what yeah. I want go to go to the bar in the evening I've now got to put the kids to bed seven nights a week and selfishly that was you know it was it was quite hard for me and yeah. it's quite you know, a challenge for the family as well yeah of course like I, I think I, I often talk about this but I think after the my dad uh, retired because of course clearly I mean he served for 40 years so he did retire eventually um, very very dedicated to the Navy for him it was all of his life and then at one point when he was all the time at home for all of us it was like what is that? What are you doing? What are you doing yeah. here? My mom kept telling him, "We are not like a ship. We're not a platoon. We're nothing. You yeah. go and find your way." So I can totally understand what you're referring to. I think like I, I, I went through it as a kid, basically. So I completely understand where you're coming from. What was in, instead on the other side? One of the best things about leaving. I mean, I suppose spending so much time with the family would be up there. But absolutely, what was the best absolutely. Thing? Uh, the freedom to plan my life. You know, I, no weekends work. In the evenings, you know, I've got to do 37 hours a week. And how I do that time, spend that time working, is completely down to me. You know, if I go to, now to the gym in the morning between 7 and 8, or if I'm doing a school drop-off, drop the kids off at 8, I then go to the gym until 9 o'clock. So I've got that stability. I've got that routine. I still finish at 12 o'clock on a Friday. And you know, not to be crass, the money's better, the package is better, the bonus, the 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 med, you know, the boot for healthcare, all that, all that that you don't get in the military, is made made our life a lot better. You know, to walk out on on, on more money is a, is a great feeling and a great thing. Yeah, it's a, a quality of life in a way that is improved on an overall uh, level yeah yeah that's good so we are approaching the end of this episode um a bit bummed about it as always because i am enjoying uh, chatting with you ben but there is always that one question that i ask to all of my guests which is what is your number one tip or message for anybody that is maybe even just thinking of leaving or they are in that process and they're feeling a bit nervous they don't know what to do what would be your number one tip or advice? What would you say to them? Be careful on the advice that, that, you, that you seek. I see a lot of, here's my top tips. What you don't see is what went wrong for that individual. What you don't see is you know, the realism of it. You know, I, I, won't, I, won't give, you know, I won't give my advice. I, won't give my, I don't have any top tips to give people. If people want my advice, I'll give them my scenario what worked well for me what didn't work well for me i'll give them the lessons that i learned and also i'll give them the lessons that i probably haven't learned but i should actually learn going forward and if i was to do this again transition out what would i do differently uh, i won't give it out to everyone i'll wait for people to ask me what it is but people do need to be careful of you know what they see on linkedin uh, people a lot of people paint a rosy picture it's probably not always that way uh, you've got to work to get that success and you look at veterans now, there is a big push towards veterans going into these industries. And quite rightly so, there's a lot to offer from the military, military community. Um, but just be careful whose advice you do take. 
Yep, just uh, watch out for who's at there, especially on social media. I think we get so many, you know, influencers and uh, yes. people and all these gurus popping up everywhere. <laughs> so you never know what's real and what's not. So great advice, great tip. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ben. And again, thank you for being with me today and having this conversation around project management. I think I've learned a lot myself. So hopefully it's the same for our listeners. And if they want to connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, LinkedIn. So I'm under Ben JN. Uh, I don't put my full name, Benjamin Noon, on LinkedIn. I just I like to have a little bit of secrecy, not no secrecy, but I like just to have a little bit of uh, anonymity. Broad, broad, yeah, broadcast my name completely out there to be to be searched around. Uh, but yeah, thank you to yourself for hosting, and thank you to Ben and to Danny for organising it as well and uh, putting me in a position where I can hopefully help somebody uh, within the veteran community and hopefully bring people into Bowen as well. You know, we have a lot of vacancies, a lot of gaps within the business. As I keep promoting out to people. We're, you don't have to be from an aviation background to come and work into Boeing. Uh, so I advise people to you know, come and have a look at the website, reach out to me, reach out to the Boeing uh, uh, talent acquisition team, speak to them and, and, and see, what, see what Boeing can offer, see what Boeing can do for the people as well. Amazing. We'll definitely make sure to link everything in our show notes so that you can connect with Ben, with Boeing, you know, and uh, all the information that he shared with us. So again, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you listeners for listening as always, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, Ben. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And hey, remember to subscribe to our podcast to never miss any new releases and to share it with other veterans within your community. If you want to connect with the XMIL team, please visit our website, www.ex-mil.co.uk or you can just connect with us on our LinkedIn page. Thank you so much and see you next time.